Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? This is the second Sunday in the season of Lent. And we are focused as a village on drawing nearer to God. Well, we are asking, are there ways that we can continue to grow in the faith no matter how long we've been on this journey? You know, I, I think the journey of faith is kind of like this. If we went to a um, national park and there was a mountain and we thought, you know, if I climb up that mountain... The things that I will see, the viewpoint that I will have, what I will experience will be incredible. And so you go over to the trailhead, to the starting point, and then you discover there are two trails that are leading on this mountain. And one trail is kind of a lazy, meandering trail that'll maybe take you through an aspen grove, but it's a pretty easy trail. But the other one is a pretty steep climb, and it's going to take some effort if you're going to go up higher, but then you're going to start to see things that you couldn't see from down below. And our discipleship is kind of like this. We may still be on the mountain. We still may be on the faith journey, but we may be taking that easy kind of meandering path. And, and God is calling us to go higher. That, that a little bit of work and a little bit of effort and, and a little bit of exertion will begin to take us to heights we can't even imagine. John Wesley talked about this. He said there's, there's a path of discipleship that's kind of a lower one, but there are those who stand up and go with Jesus and go on this higher path. You know, when we come to uh, Mark chapter 8, we get probably Jesus' clearest teaching about discipleship and what it means to be a disciple. 
But in order to understand what Jesus is saying about discipleship, you have to get your mind around what happens at the beginning of this passage because Jesus starts out for the first time, he's telling his disciples what to expect will happen. And he says, you know, I'm going to go through great suffering. I'm going to be rejected. I am going to be killed, but then I will rise again. And at this point, Peter comes up to Jesus. Now, it's the Greek makes it almost as if Peter would take hold of Jesus' collars, if he had collars. You know, kind of looking him in the face and saying, Jesus, you are the Messiah. This is not what's going to happen to you. You see, Peter wants to tell Jesus how he, Peter, wants things to go. Peter wants to place out there this great vision of a Messiah who's going to be on top of the world, and that's what Peter wants. And you know, all of us do this at times, where we want to tell Jesus who we want him to be. We want to tell Jesus what we want him to do. We want to tell Jesus where we want to go and for him to lead us there. Sometimes we want to take Jesus by the collars and tell him what we want. But you notice that what Jesus says to Peter is pretty strong. He says, get behind me, Satan. Now, the word Satan doesn't mean he's saying, Peter, you're evil. But Satan is everything that opposes God's truth, God's way, God's goodness. And Peter is expressing not God's way, but his own human way, his own human thinking. And Jesus is saying, you know, that's not the way. And then he says, in fact, get behind me. Now, this phrase, get behind me, you can read this in two ways. One, get out of my face, trying to tell me what to do, and get behind me, follow me the way you're supposed to, learn from me, let me guide you, don't you try and guide me, get behind me. But then on top of that, the idea of get behind me, support me, support what I'm teaching, take what I'm teaching, learn, take it to others, support my way, get behind me. You see, Jesus is trying to tell Peter that he needs an attitude adjustment. Peter needs a course correction. It's not like Jesus now throws Peter out of being a disciple because he's taken a wrong turn. Rather, Jesus is saying you're still on the mountain, but you aren't quite on the right path, and you need to adjust your attitude. Hold on. I asked George if I could borrow one of his airplanes today to help illustrate what's going on here. You know how it is. An airplane takes off, it's flying, and it's got a destination out there, and the pilot is trying to get to the destination. Wants to land at the right place. And there are three movements that an airplane makes 
in order to head toward that destination. An airplane can pitch, which is up and down. An airplane can roll, which is the side to side. And an airplane can yaw, Y-A-W, yaw, this side-to-side -side kind of movement around a vertical axis. And the pilot needs all three of those in the air to align toward the destination. The pilot, in fact, has an instrument called an attitude indicator that makes sure that the plane and those movements are staying on the right path to the destination because, as you know, if an airplane gets just a tiny bit off and it continues to fly for hundreds of miles just a tiny bit off, what's going to happen is it's going to be wide of the destination. It's going to be way off where it wants to be. And you know what? That is the same thing for a person of faith on a journey. We have to keep our attitude aligned toward the destination that is God, that is abundant life. Because if we get a little bit off and don't make a course correction, we may end up wide of the mark. That is what's happening with Peter in this story. Peter needs a little adjustment to get back on the path. And Jesus then says, there are three attitudes or movements of the disciple that when they're aligned will keep us on the narrow path that will allow us to continue to walk the way that leads to life. And so the first thing Jesus says is, you must deny yourself. Listen, Jesus isn't saying, beat yourself up, you know, don't take care of yourself. It has nothing to do with that. The fundamental problem of the human being is that we want to put ourselves at the center of the universe. We want things my way, my opinion, my desire, my want, my vision, my thinking, my everything becomes the center of the human universe. And we've got to deny that we're the center of the universe and let God be the center of our lives. Unless we can open ourselves to keeping God as the center, we will always get a little bit off the path. Because like Peter, we're putting our way in front of Jesus instead of following him. You know, uh, many years ago now, 10 years ago, more than 10 years ago, I went to preach at a church in Colorado that had two campuses. And before the first service was done, after I'd preached, they drove me to the second campus to preach, and then they drove me back before that was done to preach at the third. I don't know what they were thinking. But anyway, when I got to that second service, which was already underway, it was a contemporary service. And the praise team leader, like the Jeff of the group or whatever, is up there leading the praise music, and he's encouraging the people in the pews, and he's saying, it doesn't matter if you stand. It doesn't matter if you sit. You can pray. You can sing. You can raise your hands. You can do whatever you want to do because it's all about you. And I kind of gasped. Gee, I thought worship was all about God. 
But that is the fundamental human problem. We want it to be all about us. But the, the, that's the way of the world. And Jesus is trying to say, no, you've got to keep it clear. Deny yourself. Keep God at the center of your life. And you will be on that path toward the destination. And then he says, okay, now, second movement attitude is to pick up your cross. So often when we think about the cross, if I say, what's the cross? And you say, well, Jesus died for our sins on the cross. Sure, but then why do you need to pick up a cross? Well, because Jesus is saying, as you go through this world, just as I did, you're going to face suffering. You're going to face difficult times. There are going to be times when you are having to bear things that the world is throwing at you, and you need to continue to do God's will. There are so many times that people, when bad times come, they're like, why are you doing this to me, God? Where are you, God? You must not love me anymore. And, and it's about what the world is doing. It's not about what God is doing because God has promises and hopes and the Spirit and is walking with the person, but the person chooses to blame God or to, not, to deny God or not to continue on that path. Sometimes it's in the good times that people are like, I don't need God, my life is good. Why would I need God? When we pick up our cross, we are saying, no matter what the world brings our way, no matter what happens, I choose to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus becomes the anthem of our lives. I know who is leading me and I know who is helping me to bear whatever I am going through or who has allowed me to have the life I have. I know it is Jesus and I am going to continue to do God's will no matter what. And then... Jesus says, and follow me. Now, when he speaks follow, if you want to be my follower early on, it in the Greek has the sense of getting behind me and watching where I go and go where I go. Here, the Greek word for follow has a sense of movement, of actually going. Right? It, it's not enough to believe in following Jesus. It's not enough to say, I want to follow Jesus, to think about following Jesus. You have to follow Jesus with your life. And what does that mean? To follow Jesus means that at times we're going to have to do things maybe that wouldn't be our first choice. We're going to have to uh, follow him and learn from him day in and day out. To, to move is to grow and to change, not to stay sitting in the same place. To follow Jesus is to say, you are the model for my life, and I need to always be listening to you and learning from you every step of my journey. You know, sometimes... We may feel like, wow, I've been on this faith journey a long time, 
And I think I'm just going to sit down on the bench for a while and rest. Well, uh, the problem is Jesus is still going. And pretty soon, you're going to lose sight of him if you're sitting too long on the sidelines. He will have moved on, and now you will not know where Jesus has gone. And so, here's the thing. No matter how slow we're going on that trail, one foot in front of the other, Jesus will, will slow down for us. Jesus will go whatever pace we need to go. Jesus isn't saying, you know, I'm a drill sergeant, march, let's go, you know, double time. Jesus is saying, just come on, we'll walk together. Whatever pace it is, just keep going. Keep following. One of the most beautiful things about this village is how many of our seasoned seniors, those who are are the most gently aged, continue, you know, the people are 90 and beyond, 90 and beyond, Jim, not your tender age, continue to learn and to study and to grow and to ask questions. I mean, it's a beautiful thing when someone who has been 90 years on the journey hasn't stopped going and growing. You know, Jesus is clearly saying, if you want to stay on the way, if you want that narrow path, if you want to be on the road with Jesus that's going to lead to that destination of abundant life, eternal life, the living God, then sometimes you're going to have to make an attitude adjustment, a course correction to stay on the way. And if we keep God at the center, if we continue to do God's will, no matter what is happening in the world and in our lives, and if we day by day continue to learn and grow, then Jesus says your attitude will be aligned with the destination. It's no wonder that Jesus finishes with questions because he's saying here's the way it's up to each of us it's up to you to choose whether you will do these things and make the course corrections the little things that will keep each of us on the way that leads to life everlasting, abundant to the promises of God in their fullness. Will you climb? Will you go one step higher? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.